0: Yeah, Can <laughs> So make me need- happy. i <laughs> yeah.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Prophet to the Nation, Autumn Miller's podcast. Can y'all hear me? Everything good? We clear? We got a lot to go over today. We have a good podcast coming up. Apostle is here. Thank you, Apostle, for tuning in. Um, You guys are still blessed. by Last week, I'm getting so many phone calls still about last week's um, uh, podcast channel. Brother James, how you doing? Brother James is in the house. I see him. Uh, Sister Destiny, we are here. People will be coming in and out. Um, praise God. This is a new segment we're going to be doing, and it's going to take a while to get covered. To cover, we're going to cover a couple stories, people testimony. But today, I'm just going to give you the basic of the Lord put this on my heart, breaking away from being broken. We got a lot of broken people out here. They don't even know why they broke. They don't know how to get, get healed. They know they, they need a healing. There's so much inside of us that need to come out. Mother Sandy said that last time we were, um, Last time we were on here, uh, she had told us and gave us that word, so much honesty in us that need to come out. And uh, the scripture we have here is Psalms 34 and 18. I'm just going to give you a little background and then we're going to hop right into this um, story of a young girl, 14 years old, who is a prostitute. And I want y'all to hear her life and I want y'all, y'all may hear some things. I want, I'm want. i going to be asking some questions. You you guys some questions. Where is she broken at? Can you identify with this? You know what I mean? So we're going to listen to it. We're going to analyze it. If You may hear yourself in it. You're like, man, I can relate to that. I, You know, you may find, you may hear her story and say, man, I thought I was healed from that. But there's some things in my life I got to get healed and delivered from. So we're going to be checking that out in Jesus' name. But let me give you the backdrop. So why you can be sure the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, Psalms thirty-four and eighteen. Let me give you the backdrop, a little information. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When emotions are strong, I find comfort when reading Psalm. When reading strong Psalms, excuse me. The heart of of um, the Psalms is is familiar with suffering, and consistent in hope. This pattern emerges time and time again. The writer expresses an honest struggle, makes a request, and ends with a choice to trust in God. Some psalms focus on layman, which means to grieve the loss of something. Amen. Something, someone, or some focus on praise. But my Combined to even when several verses reveal the pain of suffering, one of the favorite is Psalms 34. Amen. If you if you have your Bible or you can Google that, look it up. You can put it in the chat for me. I forgot to do that. Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those um, those whose spirits are crushed. Okay. What does Psalms 3418 mean for the brokenhearted? The brokenhearted person can literally feel the pain of brokenness. We have psychological responses to loss, grief and hurtful situations. Emotional pain can be felt in a very real way in the body, um, the mind, and the heart. Our bodies are actually wired in such a way that emotional pain affects us physically. Now I did a video, I don't know if you guys recall this, a video a long time ago, um, when I do it like a natural wellness video and I was explaining um what what type of emotional pain affects us physically and what kind of body part, like you the lungs, what does this kind of stress do to the lungs, the kidneys and so forth. Y'all remember that? So that is so very true. This is one reason it is so vital to get honest with our emotions and pursue healing because it impacts all of who we are and how we live. Amen. Thank you, sis. Thank you for bringing that in there. The broken hardness hardness can feel so intense because we do not have what we once did or what we have thought we should have. We have lost something or someone. Also, we may feel alone. Our body reacts to grief, anger, sadness, and fear. When we are in a place or in need of something beyond ourselves, become more evident, our enemy will love to keep us from knowing God's love deeply and receiving the courage we need to move forward when life is hard. God loves to help us know him and know his presence with us know his presence with us god loves helps god loves to help us know him and to know his presence with us especially when life is hard amen especially when life is hard so here it is closing out psalm 34 and 18 reminds us that god is not only present with us but near near to the pain we feel near to the loss we can't feel near to the needs we have and can't express. Amen. So I want you to take note of that. If you got pencil if you can, if you put it in your in your phone, listen. I'm going to say it again. Psalms 34 reminds us that God is not only present with us, but near, near to the pain we feel, feel. Near to the loss we can't feel. Near to the needs we have and can't yet Express for the brokenhearted, God gives nearness. So you can hashtag that, put it on your pro uh your timeline, because that works. That gets people's attention and that, like, okay, what are they talking about? And come hear the message. So for the brokenhearted, God gives nearness. Hashtag that Prophet to the Nation podcast, however you want to put it up. I'll follow whoever puts the lead, whatever God puts on your heart. God is not removed from knowing about the pain or our experience of pain. He is always available and close to those who suffer. Not only is uh, not only is he near, but he stays with us and will help us get through. Amen. He is not surprised or deterred, nor, no matter how deep the brokenness feels. God gives us the courage we need to breathe again emotional pain sometimes leaves us speechless you ever been speechless like oh my god i can't take this <gasps> oh my god i don't know what to do what to say i, I i'm I'm all, I'm all out of words Have you ever been there this song provides words to remind our heart and talk to god when we cannot find the words ourselves. god's presence is with us in our messy moments it is of great comfort amen so we're gonna hop right into this. I want you to hear this young lady's story, and I may pause it from time to time. And I want you to to you know correspond with me in the chat um, when I ask these questions. This is a 14-year-old girl broken and needs healing. Amen. Broken but needs healing in her in her in, in her life and direction. She needs Christ, she needs a deliverance in Jesus mighty name so um when I ask you these questions and I'm you can may feel free to call in afterwards too um, if you want you can do that um I want you guys to be very interactive one second here while I pull it up in Jesus name but how's everybody's day going so far I hope you really will enjoy this I hope you guys will share this with other people because there are so many of us that are broken the more and more i dive into this and hear what the lord is saying uh to us and want us to be free and be healed in jesus name one second i see a lot of brokenness and you're about to hear a story that just had me in tears all night so let's get ready to listen to this Hi, uh, thank you. Hi welcome. one second. <clears throat> nice to see you again. Good. Oh I need some help getting started. Here we go. Perfect. Okay, All okay. right. Okay. And Groom it's mom. gonna be some yeah. choice words, sorry.
2: I grew up in Los Angeles, California. South Central? Yes.
3: And tell me about your
2: childhood. You had both your parents grew up. All right. Um my childhood, my father, he lives in Alabama. My mother, she lives out here. I, my, I grew up with my mom. I moved from Alabama when I was a baby. I never, I don't, I still haven't seen my dad to this day. Like, I get to see him if I'm on via car or chat or anything. So but your dad's yeah. not
3: really a big part of your life?
2: No, but he sends me money every month, but I put in my savings account with my mom. But, uh-uh, that's not working out. And uh, how was your
3: childhood? My I childhood? Mean, still, how old are you? I'm 14. You're 14. So yes. you're still a child.
2: Yeah, still a child. <laughs>
3: how, how is your childhood?
2: It's hard. It's not. Well, I can't say it's hard, but it's what, difficult. What, what
3: kind of pressures do you have as a 14-year-old growing up in 2020 um, in South Central?
2: That, it's good. It's all right, but it's not, not good. It's not good because when I go back home, I got to go on the street and go home and stuff. When I'm at school, it's a whole different person, you know? And people don't know like that. And I don't have friends like that. I don't talk to people like that at school. So it's just like-
3: So they don't know their friends of yours at school that are doing this?
2: No, my friends, I don't know about them. I just go to school, but I go to school away from my home. I go to school, in, I go to high, high school. Oh, so you're, you're yes. going to school far
3: away from home.
2: Yes, I don't go to school by home because okay, so if what, I
3: go- What got you attracted to this?
2: Um, my When story? I was younger, when I was younger, I was living with my granny on 46 in Belong. And she, she was a, she used to do drugs and everything. so. She'd come out, I was embarrassed by her because she would come outside and I I was already old enough to know things. I was like 11, 10, yeah. I was already knowing about stuff like that because my uncles, they come in the house with guns and money, all type of stuff. And my granny, she'd do drugs at the middle of the night. But in the morning, she'd be regular. But the nighttime, she'd come back to a whole other person. But in the morning, she'd wake up in the morning and offer drugs. She'd I remember she'd run outside and um, I'm not trying to cry, but she'd run outside and then she'd like she all her clothes would be off. Like everything. My friends used to be able to see it all. And I used to be like, dang, like she'd come outside and we are naked, naked, talking about the snake on her, it's a snake on her. And I'd be like, no, it's like I tell my friends that every time I go back to school, I tell my friends, oh, she just be tripping like she got a problem or stuff, she have a medical problem and stuff. And I tell them that and she'd come back in the house. But she'd like she'll go crazy on us and say it's a snake on her all the time in the kitchen. And we used to be like, it's not a snake or, her. Right. And then mom used to tell my, that's so when mom telling me like about she, she do drugs and stuff. And that's when I started knowing about drugs. But I didn't put myself to it until I met my boyfriend, until I met this boyfriend. And then this is when I was in eighth grade. Eighth grade, I met a boyfriend. And he was like, how old was he? 19, yes, he was 19. And I was, how, I was like 13, yeah, 13. And then he every day he had come get me every day after school, but he never, he, he was acting real nice. He was real nice when I first met him, real nice, like a regular boyfriend. But I didn't know about boyfriends and stuff until he to, he told me he liked me and he wanted to date me. So after that, that's when um I went to school. One day he came and got me after school, and he was telling me about Figueroa and how girls be out there. But I lived, after I moved from 46 um, and Buffalo, we went to Vegas, but we came back to L.A. And then we was off um, Fig and 75th. This is where my granny used to live. And we used to always stay with her. And me mom my mom and my sister stay with her. And then that's when he came and got me one day. But I'm already knowing about um, Fig because I live on Fig and 75th. So you see it? Yes, I see everything out there. I walk to the corner store, when my cousins get food, and I see girls. So I felt like, I was like, oh, they said they make money. So I'm in my head before he even came in, before I even met him, I'm already knowing about, oh, it's Fig it's a lot of girls that be out there, they make a lot of money, so I, I'm wanting to do it. So I'm I'm in my head wanting to do it. My cousin's like, don't do that. I didn't listen to them. I'm like, I don't care about what y'all talking about. So this is why I met him. And then he was telling me about fake and everything. So that's when he had told me, look, I was walking to school with another boy, but I wasn't like, I didn't know nothing about boyfriend or girlfriend. I wasn't trying to be on a weird stuff, trying to be another boy. I was walking with the other boy and he stopped me in front of all my friends, like literally in front of all my friends. And I was crying and everything. And then he, I went outside, the, um, I was walking outside so I called my mom, but I couldn't call my mom in a hurry. So he put me in a car and tell me, oh, you're gonna go on Figueroa and you're gonna hope for me. You're gonna give me back the money and everything. So I'm just thinking like, what can I do? I can't tell my mom everything. So I just did it. I went out there and when I did it, I was so scared, but I wasn't I wasn't too scared to the point I couldn't do it, but I was scared. like. I just got socked in front of my friends. So what, what? they gonna probably come back to me telling me stuff like, what was going on with you? Like they gonna, you know how people be. Ass. So then I, when I went out there, I was scared, but I had got two guys, like two guys. And then they wanted me to suck their dick and stuff. So I did that. But then I only got a little bit of money. Like I had, how much do we have, like $50? I had $50. And I I know it was about February and that stuff. So I came back to him, he saw me, he came and got me. but. I realized he had other girls working for him. So I'm looking at them and they was they was calling my name, but I didn't know, like, I never met them. I guess he told them me, told them about me. So I went to them and they was telling me, oh, he gonna get mad at you. Don't give him that, don't give him $50. He gonna beat you. And I didn't listen to him. So I just went in the car and he just started beating me. I went back home the same day after he dropped me off. He dropped me off on the corner. And he was like, um, he was like, tomorrow I'm gonna come get you again. And I was like, uh-uh, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, no, like, I'm scared and stuff. I didn't want to tell my mom. So I came back home, but I was still, I was bleeding. Like, I had, a, I had uh, my eye was bruised and my nose was busted and my lip was busted. And I went out and I told my mom I got into a fight with a girl so she wouldn't, like, think I was out there. But I was surprised that they didn't see me because we live on the same street. So that's when um he came and got me the same day after school. I catch the bus to go to school by myself and he'd come get me after school, but he'd be out there like just posting in front of my school, post that out of nowhere. And my friends would be like, looking and stuff. And I'd just be like, oh yeah, that's just my friend. That's my friend. And it was like, no, cause he saw you the other day. And I just, I just stopped talking. That broke me off with all my friends. I didn't have no more friends after that because they found like, they, they was like, uh-uh, she not listening to us. So that's when he kept recently like kept, like just kept having me hold on the street, but I kept coming back with a little bit of money. Cause I didn't know like until the girls I started listening to the girls that was telling me I came back with a little bit of money and he hit, he beat me again like he was just beating me and so I you were working
3: Figueroa every every
2: yes like every day basically yes after school like I have to he will give me some clothes to put on he'd give me some clothes he'd go to the trunk give me like, some clothes and some sandals and that's how I really start that's how now I'll be wearing sandals so what what do
3: you think got you into this doing
2: this? Cause because I started seeing other females on the on fake, you've seeing I, other girls. Yes, doing it. and that what made me want to do it. And then you
3: got involved with it. Yes, and, and it turned out to be a pimp.
2: Yes, and that's how I, that's how that's crazy how God works because that's crazy how I was looking at it like oh yeah I should do that. then. How, how
3: much money were you making?
2: Out of nowhere, I was making like when I when I really started knowing about how much money I'm supposed to make, I was making like two hundred dollars, $300, $400 one day, like five hundred like. About that amount, like 200 to 500 yards. That's how much money I was making. you were home? Yes. Like, I was like, oh, you said how old I was? I was 13, yes, 13. 13 and, and you're, still, you're still doing it at
3: 14? Yes, are I'm trying, yes. Are you working with a pimp still?
2: No, I'm not working with the same pimp no more. I thought, because he, one day, what day was that? He came and got me, and he was like, oh, I'm going to be moving somewhere, and all type of stuff, talking about making up lies, just making up lies. I am already know he's lying. Talking about, I'm moving, I'm I'm not going to see you no more. So then I start thinking to myself, I'm going make the money by myself. So now I'm working by myself, like just making the money by myself because he left. So I don't know what happened to him, so. And and
3: your mom doesn't step in and say, you know.
2: Yes, my mom stepped in all the time. That's what, I break my heart. Like, it break my heart because she stepped in and tell me to stop. And I, I will stop, but like, I'm addicted to it now, so I can't stop.
3: And I have. I, because
2: I, I met your mom and she wants the best for you. Yeah, my brain too. Everybody do it. Yeah, your whole and family. Then, and my auntie, she do it. So I, I feel like I'm comfortable with doing it, but I'm not because mama told me to stop. But I've been, stopped, I've been trying to stop lately, but yesterday I stopped. Like I didn't go yesterday. Like I just stopped. I just stopped going for like a week. Like this week I stopped going, but I felt this yesterday, I went out at nighttime, but I came back in the house. But I didn't make no money or nothing. I just came back and what in the like,
3: house. What kind of guys pick you up?
2: It was a um some Mexican guy. It was a Mexican guy but and a black guy. But the guy. guys are nice to
3: you, or they're mean? No. To
2: you? Some one of them was nice, but he was trying to force me to do stuff with him that I didn't want to do with him. Like, but I did it. And then I was feeling bad, but I didn't. He didn't give me no money, so I just walked in the house and I was just crying and every type of stuff. I was just crying. I mean,
3: it's a very dangerous lifestyle. Yeah. It, what, it, what, what do you think about? Your self worth or your your. I
2: feel like I feel like I shouldn't do it,
3: but. So what, what 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 makes it okay in your head to do it?
2: I don't know. Seeing other girls on the street, and I just feel like.
3: Did you look up to them?
2: Yeah, I just feel like I should do it like that. Yeah, and I'm I just feel like I'm addicted to it. And I need to.
3: Yeah. There's something very attractive about the lifestyle. Yeah, it, is, it right. is.
2: Like it's a, it's attractive with attention. Like you, a lot of people see you. It's like this is attention. Really, to me, I feel like it's the attention. Like. When I saw, and they look at me, I'd be like, oh, I feel, I'm insecure myself. I feel like I'm not beautiful. I, I don't think I'm cute or nothing like that. I try and then when I'm out there, it's like people come to me and all type of stuff and they say I'm beautiful and all type of stuff and that, it make me happy. But I get it from my family too, but it don't feel, I don't feel the same way how I feel out there, you know? Well,
3: you, your dad's not giving it to you?
2: My dad, yeah, i do not have my dad in my life. Like my sister, dad died. And I just feel like, I don't got no father figure. Like I just feel like he was just a birth donor. That's how I feel at the end of the day. But,
3: yeah. If you had a dad, you
2: probably wouldn't be doing yeah, this. Yeah, right? that's my mom. mom told me that too. She was like, if he was in your life, you would not do this. But he gave me money for my love. You know how people like, give me money just for just that. But that's how I feel. Like I saw on the street. They gave me money just for that. Like just to have sex and do all this stuff. And my dad just gave me money just for he to like he loved me, he don't. Like he just gave me money. He every time I call him, he act like he wanna talk to me. He don't wanna talk to me. He, the first thing he says, "Oh, do you need some money?" So that's where, that's how I get money hungry, and that's when I start asking for more money. And I, but I still, I feel like I'm still there. Like I still, if I could be able to save my money up, then I could be able to do other things in life. But what I, I do hair. I always do people hair. I do people hair on the street. I do hoes hair all the time. They come to my house and I do the hair, and mom be looking like mom be disappointed, but I'm doing it for money. Well, she'll take the money and put it up for me. Like I appreciate mom for that. Cause I still got money put up at the end of the day. If I don't have no money in the world, like, you know? But- You ever been arrested? Yeah, Yes, plenty of times, heck yes, plenty of times. What you do with
3: a 14 year old girl who's working
2: the they, they was just, they took me home. They didn't take me to jail. They never take me to jail. They always take me home. But they said that when, it's gonna affect me when I get older because I got all these jail warnings and stuff and it's gonna affect me. But we've been to the county building and they said they gonna let me, like they gonna, I'm on probation or nothing like that. They just said they are gonna try to work with me and try to tell me to stop doing this because I got arrested like, how many times? Five times for prostituting because they called me on the street with other girls and they'd come get us. And I remember, I remember that should Um, arrested when I was 13. I used to hang out with my friends and we used to go driving around in the cars, but they didn't have license, you know? And we used to be driving, and one day I was driving a car, and then I got pulled over, and I, went, I had got, went to the thing, but I didn't go to jail because I'm young. So I, they just always take me home. But they tell, every time I go to the county building, I mean, not the county building, the uh, court place, and they tell me everything, they say I need to work on it, because if I, when I get older, it could affect me. Like, I'm be, I could be in jail for more than what I think or whatever. So, yeah, that's what's going on. Are, right
3: are drugs a part of your life?
2: Yes, you said drugs. Yeah. Yes, I've been I, I've been on drugs before. I was um when I was 14. After after he had put me in his car, everything he was telling me to try try crack cocaine, crack, and then I tried crystal too. But I really smoked weed. I don't I never when I was 13 I never smoked like stuff like that until I met him.
3: Cause your your pimp was giving you.
2: Yes, he was giving me drugs, and that's what, that's another thing that made me um think that I was okay because I was doing drugs and the drugs take over me. And I'll be out there acting crazy. One day he gave me a, a, a what's that? Um, was It's an a acid, acid, take it. And I was so, one, that day I was so happy. I was just making a lot of money. I was just with my friends. And then one day I did a threesome with my other two friends. And I was thinking like, uh uh-uh, I was so scared. And I, that day I went home, I just went home. And there are other girls your age doing this? Yes, yeah, like 13, yes. 12. It's, not, it's a girl I know It's 12, but I think she won. I don't know if she's 12 or I don't know. I can't believe nobody out there really. I can't trust nobody out there because I don't know. Because one day I got into, I got jumped one day by a couple of girls because they said that I was looking at they pimp or something like that. But they pimp actually was looking at me like he was, try, he was trying to have me go with them and they, I got jumped one day and that's the day I got, um, you see a scar right here in my face? It's a scar right here. But it was deep. Like it was, I got, um, they kicked in my face. I had I went to the hospital and I had bumps on my head, everything. And then I started, that's after I stopped because I started getting scared. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not trying to get um, out there and get jumped no more and stuff. But I was just going with the flow. I was just going with. It. I just kept doing it, and I was just like, and you know, I finally took over me. But I still did my hair, but it took over me. Like I can't even do the things I want to do with my friends because I want to go on the street so bad. Like that. So you, make no sense. You, you want
3: to do it? Yeah, I so, want so, to do something, it. Something draws you to.
2: It. Yeah, but. You get depressed sometimes? Yeah, heck yes, like, only, I get depressed, but I try not to let that take over me too. Like I'll just be sitting there like, stop worrying about that. Oh, I'll go get some weed. My sister will take me to the weed shop and then I'll be calm, like I'll be okay. And when I smoke, I feel like when I smoke weed, it take everything away, you know? Like, I don't gotta worry about nothing, but I still be worried about it, but I, still, I don't gotta worry about it like, as much as I worry about when I'm not off weed. Yeah,
3: as, as a young teen, do, are there yeah. things that you dream about doing in life? Something yes, like, a goal, lot of things. Goals that you have?
2: In the hair shop, being in the hair shop, being, being and yeah, me, good, gray yeah. hair. I do braid all, the, I do hair all the time. Yeah, I have like five, five customers. I always do hair. I, I'm gonna, I'm, a, I'm working up to get a YouTube. I'm working up to get a camera to have me a YouTube so I can make do hair. Cause I see a lot of people on YouTube that do hair, and I'm good at my skill. I'm good at doing hair. I do, my, I just did my mama hair. I did all the hair, and yeah, I do my granny hair, everything. I'm working on learning how to do um haircut. Like I'm, you see my granny hair is trim. I'm, I'm working on how to do that. But I know how to braid everything. I've been, yeah, I braid hair, so but,
3: that, that would be a career for yeah. you that you could actually- Yeah, cause You could actually feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas working where, where where Figueroa probably does the opposite.
2: Yeah, Figure, it's just, it's hard about me out there. It's just hard. Like, dang, it's like, you gotta, you gotta work up to get the money and everything. And it's, I feel like me being, I'm not having a pimp is better for me having a pimp because I get the, the money at the end of the day. Uh, nobody gotta pet me and beat me around like how how it used to happen and stuff i don't worry about you think myself. you're
3: addicted to the, to the lifestyle
2: yeah yes i really think i'm addicted and i'm trying I've to. Heard try. that from yes i think i'm i'm trying to like i've been trying so bad but it's not working but i guarantee i'm trust i trust myself i trust that when i turn at least like 17 or 16 i'll stop because some people, they learn from at 17, and they start doing around 16. I know girls that told me that they've been doing around 16, 17, and they stop, like, at 20 or 21. Like, my auntie, she, mm-hmm. she had my stop, like, and that's that's another thing that motivated me because I feel like my auntie do it, and I feel like it's okay, but it's really not. It's not okay. But I try, I think it's okay sometimes. I like, like, okay, I don't care what nobody thinks, or I get insecure, and I feel like I should go out on the street, and I get attention or something like that.
3: So it's, it's, it's the combination of the fast money, the attention.
2: Yes, like that's what is. I'm sure is. it's exciting
3: and dangerous. Yeah,
2: it's like it, the dangerous, I I already really get in danger like that except for the time where I got jumped in. Well, I have got shot at before. I got shot <laughs> at, that was, oh God. That, 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 would do. that was worse, like that, that was that, worse. I'd call that dangerous. My best friend, she got shot in her leg, Yep.
3: I mean, do you, do you ever just like look, I mean, I know you're young and you've yeah. been doing this a year or so, but do you ever look at it go, oh, Jesus, it's crazy that yes, I'm doing this? yes. Ha- your, pr- your friends must.
2: Yes. They always tell me like, just stop doing it. It's not going to get you nowhere. And I, I understand but the money, it's the money that but that get me there. But I try, I don't be worried about the money a lot. I worry about the tension. But, but
3: if you if you had a dad in your life, who is
2: it? A... Yes. It would be so much better because he when I get on the phone with him, I start get to crying and stuff. But I try to not cry. But I cry about things I do. But it's me. I can't do nothing about it until I feel like I should stop. Like, you know what
3: do you, what do you think would help you now at 14 to,
2: to stop um my mom my mom helped me like she was, she helped me mom is my number one your mom's solid like my mom. she she makes sure like she if i go out there she'd be like uh-uh like, she'd be gone if i go out there like, she'd like i would be gone. that's the reason i really go out there she'd be going somewhere or at work or something and she'd be gone and then I just go out there and when she come back home, she'll see like something wrong with me or I'm high off something or um, I'm tripping or I got a bruise on me or something. But I have, like that's before though. But now I don't get bruised or after I got jumped, like I don't be talking to females out there like that. But I have to two friends, one of them named Brittany and they white, they white girls, like straight white. They not even like, they straight up, but it's a it's a man that live on, it's, he on Broadway, it's a man on Broadway Um, something. And um, he, it's a whole house, like it's a trap house and all of them being in there, but I don't like going there because the pimp, he a pimp, his name, he be, he be doing all type of stuff. He a pimp. And like, they be doing all type of stuff there. And I'd be like, no, I'm not like, no, I'm not finna go over there because one of the girls I was friends with work for him. And I'd be like, like, whoa, like, no, I'm not trying to deal with that stuff because if I go over there, it's going to be a lot of drama between other girls or him trying to get me to go with them or stuff. And I'll be like, no, so I just stay with myself now. Or I'll just be with my friend, my other friend, and we'll just be riding around sometimes, uh, yeah, like that. I'll just try to, that, when I go with my friends, that stopped me from going on fake a little bit because that gave me a different life for me with my friends, like at school and stuff, you know? That's how I feel a little bit, yeah.
3: I mean, what, what do you think would help you stop?
2: What helped me is mm, other people telling me like to stop. That's what helped me to stop. Because, but what really helped me, oh, I don't even know what would help me to stop.
3: Well, watch some of the videos on my channel and see where these girls. My, well, the watching my
2: women, auntie, I was really crying. Yeah. yeah that that, that no, did. None, like,
3: none, of the, none of the none of the older women are saying this is a great right. thing. They're all. I mean, not not, not that that's what's really the cure for your situation. Mm-hmm. I think having your dad not around
2: is probably the Yeah, that's the main thing, cause I don't, get to, I don't even get to talk to him. And he don't either from Alabama, you know, how, that's far from LA. And we'll try to work our way to go out there, but mama, she has to pay the bills and everything else. But I'm saving my money to go out there to see my dad. Cause my grandma, dad my grandson side, she, she deaf, and I don't, I want to at least see her before she go, you know, like before she go. Cause that's sad because I want to be able to see my dad, mom, and she she told me everything. So I I feel bad. So I need to go see her because that's like that's another person I, I love in my life like really bad. And yeah, yeah. my mom, see mom that really because your tough. mom's great. I met your mom on Father's Day. She every day mm-hmm. every day on Friday she always wear um you know the things the um we wear when the man wears a suit they wear a the, what is that called? I forgot. Suit
3: and tie.
2: Yeah, the tie. And it, she always wear it at all the time. And she was just like a man. And you know, I'd be <laughs> laughing and stuff. Yeah, my safe. granny too. All of them do that all the time. Because... Your,
3: your, your mom is Bonafide's yeah. uh, sister.
2: Yeah, that's her blood sister. My Mama, mom was the oldest out of all my granny kids, the oldest. She, we got... My uncle, this, he... My uncle live in Vegas. And he be tell me, like, he, be, he don't know, like, I really do it. Like, mom be tell him no because like, she don't want him to get mad. And stuff, You know? Because he get mad. He really aggressive because that's my granny brother. You know? Like, yeah. That's my great brother. And she don't, they don't play that stuff. So yeah, and that's like, that's hard. Your mom,
3: your mom's doing her best.
2: Yeah, she is. She, my good mother. She, she, out of all my mama's siblings, half of them is in I have my cousins that are in the system. So I don't bear to see my cousins, but they gonna come out. They gonna they be, I'm gonna be able to see them. Like I see one of my other cousins. She crazy. Like, like my, Celestonia, my bonafide, her, one of her kids, she, my cousin, she was on live one day and like she showed her whole body on live and I'm like, what the freak And she had in my auntie, my other, my mama's other sister and like my sister, she was crying and calling me and she was like, like you ready to stop. She was telling me I need to stop being a like fig and everything because look what, look what your cousin's doing. She'll on internet, showing her body and adding her family members and everything. And I be trying to tell her, like, I'll give my cousin's shoes. Like, the ones that, like, got a thought, I'll give them shoes because that's my favorite really thing, shoes and clothes and jewelry. And I always, like, give them stuff because they don't got the stuff that they, like, I got. So I'll be like, oh, you can have these shoes or you can have this chain or something like stuff like that.
3: Is growing up in the hood also yeah. part of the problem? Huh? Is growing up in the
2: hood part of the problem? Yes, that is. It's, tough. it's hard because, like, dang, you got to see. you gotta You got to see shooting. You got to see people, um fighting on the street, you got to see um people trying to, it's crazy because you got you to gotta do all type of stuff in here, you got to see people trying to get at you, it's too much stuff, like it's too much stuff. People want to fight you over, it's just dumb stuff, haters, it's all type of stuff all over there. But I can't do anything about it because that's where I live, where else I'm going to be at? Yeah. No, you're not growing up in a nice neighborhood.
3: Like, where, for real. You know, you've driven out to Figueroa, what are
2: you going to see? Like, what am I supposed to see? Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you're you're like, going to see
3: tents to prostitutes.
2: Yeah. And I go to my friends. I have this one friend, like her dad, her um uncle is Wessel Westbrook. What's his name? He a basketball player. Yes. And I went with her to his house. I've been to famous I've been to fancy houses. Like I've been to his house. I've been to Kanan Frista's um rap. He a rapper, Kanan Frista. I've been to a lot of people, like. But yeah, but I don't let that get to me. But I, but I like that life. I get to see.
3: You're a very smart girl. Yeah, I know. your age, you're very smart mature. But at some point, you need to figure out how to change direction. Right, cause, and you're even talented. You know, you you have things you could be doing. But, yeah. But but I I can tell you as an outsider, you know, some white white dude that's got some nice yeah. cameras, you're making a mistake by following that line.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to yeah I'm really trying to stop like yeah. But every time I think about it, I I think about it like I'm gonna stop. But when I see somebody else out there, I make want to go out there. And then I'll come back in the house sometimes. i be like, no, I'm not gonna keep doing this, but it still affect me, like still at the end of the day it's gonna affect me. And I try to stop, but my I, I get it from my mom, my everybody, but it's because I grew up around stuff like that. So I can't change my life I, I'm making me a whole different person. But I can because in the future what am I gonna do? Like what am I gonna do? So I gotta change my life. So yeah, that's all I've been thinking.
1: Amen. So she realizes she's gotta change microphone on. she realizes I gotta change my life I gotta change my life now some key things that stuck out to me put in the chat put in the chat some key things that stuck out to you I'll give you a couple moments to do that and I'm gonna tell you what stuck out to me the biggest thing I didn't hear nobody point that child to Christ or or Sunday school or any type of that background I didn't hear any of that not one time and I'm not saying yeah, didn't know kids would do this My child, they would be in jail yeah but we want to look at it you know we didn't have no she has no guidance she has no father there's no father in the home and when it's girls girls need their father it's like a security blanket isn't it it's a security blanket fathers are security blankets i know when my dad was around i felt safe you know what i'm saying I felt safe. When he came to visit me, I felt safe. Ain't nobody touching me. My daddy's here. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I even went for my mom. You know, like, oh, mom, you ain't gonna touch me. You gonna cut up a little extra because your dad's here. It's so important. But look how the enemy has the men out of position. They're weak. They're not providers. They're not anything that God designed them to be. Now, And if it, it's a small amount, and I mean a very small amount, and that is designed and the works of the enemy to get the men out the home. And if he can get the men out, he could dismantle the rest of the home. Or we do things out of order and get pregnant and not be married and so forth. So that's a combination, a little bit of things there. But yes, you can hear I wanted you to hear this segment starting off. If you was blessed by this, go ahead and put hearts in the chat. Um, if you was blessed by this, go ahead and, and when we get off the podcast and share what people might like, man, you missed a good segment. I got to hear it, this fourteen year old girl who's a street worker, she's broken, okay, and I'm gonna do a follow-up with you about her, too, I did a follow-up, there's a follow-up, so I'm not gonna play it today, but I want you, I want us just to focus on today, you can hear her spirit weeping out through her conversation, did y'all hear that, if you did, say yeah, did you hear that, I don't want to cry, I don't want to cry, I cry a lot, I cry a lot, her spirit is wounded, how many of you guys got some deep wounds, you got some sisters, some friends, some cousins, some aunties, even yourself, got deep wounds. You're wounded deeply inside. And we can go to all the counselors, and, which is good and all that. But the only one that's really going to be able to heal, to get to, to heal the deep wounds in our spirit is Jesus Christ and deliverance. God, he is the only one that can do that. You know, and, um, and we got to get this message out. People want to be healed. You got to be healed. You got to be healed. You got to admit, you got to confess. That's what happened to me. Or I didn't know that was in me. You know, you hear stories like this. And you start thinking like, oh, wow. You know, you, your story may not be a prostitution, a street worker. Your story may be drugs. Your story may be alcohol. Your story may be abuse of some sort. Um, your story may be feel insecurities. You don't feel pretty. Like she said, I don't even feel pretty. I don't even look at myself like I'm cute. The young lady, she's heavyset. She has long braids. She's a beautiful girl. She has a beautiful spirit. Although it's wounded, it's beautiful, and I'm getting ready to share this last message with you guys. But it's a beautiful spirit. She has a beautiful spirit, but in her eyes, she sees different. The devil is a liar, amen. And that's what takes us down the wrong path. Yeah, she needs deliverance, a mentor. She needs a whole lot. But I want you, sister uh, Destiny, think about it. How many people do we know that that's in the in her situation, but a different circumstance? You know, they're broken. Okay, so we gotta be breaking free from brokenness and being healed and delivered, receiving salvation, receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, getting on the right path of our destiny. This challenge has a plan and a purpose. It says in God's Word, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that God has a plan for us. He has a plan for all of us in Jesus' mighty name. I wish people would have stayed on and listened and not ran off so quick. I had to give y'all the, the, some of the meat first. <laughs> Um, the direction that we're going in these segments, I know people are at work at this time and hour, but please share it, send it to people and say, man, you need to listen to this. You need to hear this. You know, God wants you to be set free. God wants you to be healed. You don't have to carry around all these wounds and circumstances. She, and you can hear it in her voice, her biggest problem because her father wasn't there. She wanted a relationship with her father. He's just like, he, he keeps sending me money, but he don't love me. I take the love of her money. That's basically what she's saying. But all right, but this is how you're going to feed me. I'm going to go out here and do what I do. But listen to this. In God's eyes, we are all lepers in the spirit realm. We need to be those who return to the one who delivered us to offer thanksgiving. God accept Acceptance means you can you can ignore all the other voices that says, I reject you. I don't mean to be rude, but who cares how many other lepers reject you when you have been healed and accepted by the king? Can, when you have been healed and accepted by the king, hallelujah. In the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, Mary's harshest critics were the Pharisees and the uh, Sadducees. The disciples of Jesus were ready to throw her out when Jesus quickly intervened and said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. She has done what she could. She is come um, aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the world, this also that shall have done be spoken for a memorial of her. Look at when we're talking about Mark. Uh, chapter 14, verses, uh, chapter 14, verses 6, 8 through 9. I'll put that up for you. I need my glasses, y'all, so I'm so sorry. I don't know where my glasses are. Jesus, but um, it says, you are always on God's mind. Jesus said that this woman who had been broken her alabaster box to anoint him for his burial would never be forgotten, whoever the gospel was preached. In other words, she would always be on God's mind. So you are always on God's mind. And if somebody would told this young lady who we just got done listening to, this 14-year-old girl, who was a street worker, and she said, giving oral sex for money, feeling insecure and everything, all she somebody would have stepped in and said, you know what? You are on God's mind. And, it might, and it, that was a seed that would have been a seed planted. But listen, do you want a visitation from God, my sisters? Do y'all want a visitation from God, a real visitation? You will have to make room for him in your life. No matter how crowded, cluttered it may be at this moment, sometimes it means you're the most treasured things. Um, sometimes it means your most treasured things may have to be broken to release the fragrance a uh, fragrance God remembers your sweet smelling savior to God he You all that are listening every tear that you shed he has it he has it he knows amen Glory to God. Man, this is good today. If you're being blessed, go ahead and say amen. The Bible said that he has a bottle of of memories to hold every tear you shed. He loves you. So steal away to your secret prayer place and pull out the alabaster box of precious anointing. You have been saving for such a time as this. Break it at his feet and say, Jesus, I love you more than anything, and I'll give up anything, and I'll go anywhere. I just want you, Lord. Amen? So, Sister Destiny, you heard the testimony today. Some of you that are coming in late to fill them in. Do y'all have to catch this replay. I'm telling you it's good. The 14-year-old girl out on the street as a prostitute coming from, she's coming from a broken place, a broken home, a broken spirit. Her, when I, as a, as a prophet of God, and I hear people talk like this, and it I can hear their spirit crying and weeping and you have to sit there and let them get it all out and you hear that spirit working within them. You just like you you ready to get to work. Like come on, girl, come on, we're gonna get in here and pray. We're gonna intercede. We're gonna get you some deliverance. We're gonna anoint you, we're gonna fast, we're gonna we gonna help you get break break free in Jesus' name. And God wants you to be healed. Amen. So breaking away from brokenness segments, we're gonna be hearing many people's stories of the being broken. What they've been going through and how they turned their life around. We will do a we'll do a follow up from this. Yeah, she needs someone to intervene on her behalf. Yeah, even with the follow up, I'm gonna play the follow up on the next segment. Um, she still there's still no talk of God in her life, but with us, you heard our story today. We're gonna be praying and interceding for that young lady, 14 years old, out on the street and uh, just out there having sex and with strangers and She's crying out. She wants to see her father. And he, instead of being in a relationship with her, he's just going to send her money and tell her to go on her happy way. You heard her. She was crying. She talked about her mother. She cried out. And, you know, we don't know her mother's situation, even though her mother's trying to be there for her. But there's still a lot of brokenness. And it goes back on the responsibility of the fathers. Even, I'm going to use mine for an example. My daughter, when she talks about her father, uh, Toriah, you know, he's he's here, he's kind of, I could see this, even though my daughter can't fully communicate with me, and she doesn't share everything, but when she talks about her father, she could tear up, it's something, with all kids, with all kids, but especially girls, because they feel safe, they feel secure, they feel okay, you know, they feel protected, because we're women, we're not supposed to be taking on that role, like that child was saying, she was saying, oh, I had to go out here and get these bills, that's Responsibility? She's a child. She's 14. She started out 13. Sucking penis. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. That's all it is. Out of it, it, random. Don't know what she's putting in her mouth. She don't know if that person has AIDS, has gonorrhea, pubic lice, and everything else that's out there. Herpes. And she's 14 years old. She got. And then when she turned her life, from even though you know she, we gonna pray if she come to Christ and God clean her up you know, and, and, you know, when anyone's in a crisis, a new creature, old things are passed away, but these things will still follow her, you know what I mean, to a sense, you know, when you get a husband, you know, you, you know, you better pray as somebody that God, you know, could take that on, you know, even as you be set free, it's still out there, because what you do at a young age will affect your life later on, that's what I want to say, you've been with all these men, and you've just, and, and, it, you know, I used to hear young people tell, I mean, excuse me, Sunday school teachers tell us that all the time. You've been with all these men or, you know, y'all laying down and then we want a husband they ain't going to want you, but she don't have no God. Gu- this young lady didn't have no guidance, sister Janine. She didn't have no guidance. She was 14. She was out here slinging her body all up and down the streets. She was getting beat up. She was getting jumped out here, trying to get money for a family. Although she did say she saved up her money. At least she, she she's, she's very intelligent. But she's broken. She was, she's broken, and she needs a healing. So I want, if you can relate to this today, I want you to share. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I want you to share it with people. And it, your yours might not be the story of a prostitution. Your story may be depression and anxiety. Uh, but where did it all stem from? This is what I'm trying to get to. The root, the root of this young lady was not having a father in the home. He could care less. And the enemy just came in and swooped her up and and ate her like a, a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Didn't leave no crumbs. Okay. He ate her up at thirteen year old, got a hold of her and pimped her out. She said, I don't even need a pimp. She started out with a pimp, right? Started out with a pimp. And then she said, You know what? I don't need him. I'm gonna get this money myself. And um it's scary. But think about it, our our kids are in, you know, young age, they get into this stuff, thank God we don't live, you know, she's a product of her environment as well, and like people like that need to move far, far away, and that's why she was a, she's from California, you know, California is expensive to live in, Mother Sandy lives out there, I'm sure she could share some of that with us. Yes, Sister Janine, if you go back and listen to it, if you can, the young lady's story is just, is just, wow, broken, just, she's broken. And she needs to be breaking free from brokenness and God wants her healed. So if you're listening today, I'm not gonna keep going on. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning into the segment. It's gonna be a lot more coming coming from this. I'm gonna give you a little bit at a time because everything that we gotta go over, I don't want you guys to uh get drained out and draw it out throughout the day. Excuse me one second. Brennan, your your spaghetti is on top of it in there in the in the foil. Sorry, my son's getting ready to go to work. But um yeah, I want I'm going to be bringing up real life stories and stories that, that the Holy Spirit brings to me. My heart is yearning and still interceding for this young lady. So Destiny, if you could put in a chat a prayer for us, if you can, or Sister Janine could put in a prayer for the young lady. I'm going to read it out in Jesus body name and share this. I want I want I want people to hear this. God is time. Sister Janine, Sister Destiny, myself, and there's things in us. They're deeply. We're some of us are deeply wounded. We can't even function right. You know what I'm saying? Because they're wound. We've been wounded from a young age, or from a marriage, or from, or you know, from a relationship with a friend, whatever the. However, that wound is there. God wants to heal it. He, you know, by His stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was beat and whipped so we could be set free. We don't have to walk around with all this in our heart. And in our lives, he wants us to be free, amen, so Father, God, so true, My dad left, my dad left and didn't say goodbye. I told him three years ago that's why I was so upset one day he was there, and the next he was gone, and my parents got into a fight. yeah, i I can understand that, yeah, I could understand that, amen, and that goes back to what I said earlier these the fathers are out of position. They they don't I mean the enemy has dismantled fatherhood. Until and I think we need to keep saying that the enemy has dismantled fatherhood and has left all the children in a disarray. And and um and it can go back to what we were saying earlier sister Destiny about emotional and physical how it does with our body you think with kids mind that's how they develop i believe that's how some of them get that uh what's it called ADD, uh bipolar um all the mental disorders because they come up in brokenness sometimes it just it does just happen you know it's just a genetic thing but when kids are coming up in dysfunction that's what happens um the fathers are not there and the kids are sad they get depression at early age like we were saying last week Kids are picking up depression and anxiety at age 18, 16, 17. For real. This generation, they're all, I'm not understanding it, bad. they're all screwed up. I'm just going to keep it real. They're all over the place. But this was a good podcast, guys. Like, this was really on my heart, my mind. I wanted to, you know, ready, Libra, I wanted to, give me a hug, a kiss. I wanted to share this with you guys. So I want you to share this, guys. Sharing. Because it's on my heart. There are some people out there that need to be healed. And eventually, as this segment keeps going, we're going to open it up so I can pray for people. Put some in a bag. So I could pray for people. Um, we can get healing right here on the podcast. This is just the opening of where we're going. Father God, we come today that you will reach out to hear and to heal her heart. To give her godly friends. To give her peace and safe, and guidance, and healing, and restore her heart, help her with a job, amen, glory to God, I want to try to figure out how to get a real name, and some sisters, and maybe it's our assignment, we reach out, which it is, reach out to her and say, hey, we heard your story, we want to say we love you, you got some sisters over here on the east coast, some real sisters, we ain't no gangbangers, we we are some sisters in Christ, and we want to wrap our arms around you, we want to level you and help you and, and, and direct you to the right path that you should go in the help of the Lord, amen, amen, She laughing, yeah, amen, so thank you guys, Thank you, Sister Janine, thank you, Sister Destiny, for hanging in all the way. I wish everybody else would have stayed on so they could have heard her story. Amen. I never heard of anybody, 14 years old, on the streets like that. Very smart, very intelligent, and God probably, see, God could use them people. He said their brokenness is beauty, sweet aroma to him. He could clean that up and use her for her glory. He loves people just like her. He could clean up and use it for his glory. But first, you want to get them healed, get them healed. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for all the sisters on the line listening, Oh God. I ask that you begin to minister to them so they can see in their lives where they need to be healed. If anything wounded, they got friends. They can know how to minister to their friends and their family and their loved ones. That you would just raise them up in this hour, God, that you would minister to them in Jesus' mighty name. Give them a dream or a vision. In Jesus' mighty name. Touch the fathers that are left. Heal them, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for healing that's coming forth in this year like never before. We would be cle- completely healed and made whole. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And be ready for the next segment on Saturday at midnight. If you have a husband, a brother, I'm trying to do this segment for the men, but women, I want you guys to come to back the men up. It's a midnight word and uh, Bishop Kenny will open it up for us on next Saturday this Saturday coming up at midnight uh, at 12 o'clock. It ain't going to be long. Boom, boom, boom. That's it. So um, some new segments coming forth. You got any guests, anybody that you guys want to recommend, send them to my email, and we'll have them on the show. God bless you all. Praying for y'all. Sister Janina, praying for you, your mom, and uh, your family, and Sister Destiny, will be praying for you guys as well. Please share please share, like the show. I need you guys to like it and comment. It helps the stat and just helps to get the word out. We love you. Keep the five-on-five basketball tournament in prayer. Um, If you would like to sponsor a jersey, it's just $25 to give whatever you can. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. You guys came through last year. It was awesome. So we love you and God bless.